Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Sabah al-Khair. Good morning, dear listeners. You're listening to Radio 3CR on 855 AM and Palestine remembered with Nasser Mashni, Robert Martin and Yusuf Ahmed Rimawi. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Australia's Only radio program that is totally dedicated to the Palestinian cause. In English language, I would like to welcome our listeners on the AM dial and those who will join us later on 3cr.org.au forward slash podcasts. Today's episode, we will have the second part of our apartheid discussion and a very important, I would call it a breakthrough, a report by the United Nations on the question of apartheid in Palestine. So stay with us and enjoy the episode. Good morning, Nasser and Robert. Good morning, morning, Yusuf. Good morning, Nasser. We spoke last week about apartheid, and during the week, there was a very important report released from the United Nations subcommittee under the United Nations. Do you think they heard our show? They must have. They must have. I think we can take full credit for the United Nations. Well so. done, guys. Well, well, done. Done. well done. Yeah, we should deserve it. We'll just wrap it up then. It's yeah. <laughs> and uh, the report uh, was very much um, so in line of uh, the reality in Palestine, which is basically apartheid. Um, it's titled Israeli Practices Towards the Palestinian People and the Question of Apartheid. And it was written by the Economic and Social Commission for Western Asia. Uh, how good is that, Nasser? Look, Yusuf, it's uh, it's phenomenal, and I think I think we should just make sure that you, you said basically. And you know, as Palestinians, we've been too rarely uh, given factual pieces of uh, legal documentation. It's not basically what um, the authors and and these are esteemed people. You know, Professor Richard Falk, who used to be uh, the Special Rapporteur on the Situation for Human Rights for the Palis- in the Palestinian Territories. Mm. Um, Professor Virginia Tilley, who you know, has a PhD from uh, the University of Wisconsin and Madison and has written countless number of books, as has Professor Falk. They've said conclusively, the report concludes, that Israel has established an apartheid regime that dominates the Palestinian people as a whole. Aware of the seriousness of this allegation, the authors of this report conclude that available evidence establishes beyond any reasonable doubt that Israel is guilty of policies and practices 
that constitute the crime of apartheid as legally defined in instruments of international law. Can I get you just to read that again, Nasser? Yeah, it's a very important... It's a really... I mean, and it's something that hasn't come out before from mm. the United Nations. Yeah, so the report concludes that Israel has established an apartheid regime that dominates the Palestinian people as a whole. Aware of the seriousness of this allegation, the authors of the report conclude that available evidence establishes beyond a reasonable doubt that Israel is guilty of policies and practices that constitute the crime of apartheid as legally defined in instruments of international law. Wow. It is a crime, and I'm glad the word crime was mentioned, because apartheid is not a, a natural disaster uh, that we're hit by. It, or, an, it, yeah. or, or an act of God. Or an act of God. Yeah. Uh, apartheid is a man-made, and it's made uh, by Israel, uh, in support, uh, supported by the Western power, basically the Americans, and even Australia, and, and yeah, us, Australia. Absolutely. Well, they count so, uh, Malcolm Turnbull as one of their great uh, leaders. So this makes us um, contributors. Com- complicit. And complicits to the Israeli-made apartheid in Palestine. Yeah, so it's a very important uh, report, and I think uh, I want to encourage uh, everybody, uh, all my listeners, uh, to uh, go online and to look up the uh, report. I'll remind them with the. Um, well, we'll title. have it. We'll, we'll add it to the um, podcast so people can to the podcast. Can find it but in the meantime, they can look up uh, the Israeli practices towards the Palestinian people and the question of apartheid, which is a UN report, uh, a subcommittee by the Economic and Social Commission for Western uh, for Western Asia. Print it out and send it to as many people as you can. Absolutely. Well, um, going through the report and just you know pick, cherry picking the. Uh, the really uh, important points that we spoke about last week, but they talk about um, Professor Falk and Professor Tilly, that one, one of the most prominent examples is the Israeli land policy and the Israeli lands authority, which manages state land, and that accounts for 93% of the land which within the green, green line, the internationally recognised borders of Israel. And that land is closed to use, development or ownership by non-Jews. Mm. I mean, this is, you know, we, we've known it, uh, it's been a reality for Palestinians on the ground within, you know, Israel proper, inverted commas, that there's 93% of the land they can't own, can't farm, can't uh, access, whether it's because of uh, residential committees that are ensuring that the moral fabric of the community is maintained, i.e. that it is Jewish. Um, this is a fact. The demographic engineering, the Israeli law conferring Jews worldwide to the right to in- enter Israel and obtain Israeli citizenship. And we spoke about that, Yusuf, last week with your, mm. your, your brother and sister-in-law who, from Haifa. Um, from Akka, right, From yeah. Akka, excuse mm. me. Um, Israeli citizenship is offered to Jews worldwide regardless of where they were born. But they, the, the same policy is not afforded to anyone regardless of their links to Palestine and to the, the millions of Palestinian refugees, many of them, as we know, holding keys to their homes. This, this right is not afforded to anybody else. Um, like you said, Nasser, these are things that we grew up into and we have experienced through uh, f- with our first-hand experience or uh, with our hearing or witnessing cases uh, like that. But for the United Nations to um, to bring it uh, in a legal uh, uh, document. document and uh, it's not that we needed that to really think that we were right. Uh, thinking like this. No, it's just because 
for those who dismiss our argument and dismiss our struggle uh, to realize that this is not the Palestinian narrative versus the Israeli narrative. There's no such thing called, let's hear the two sides. Uh, we, we got to hear the Palestinians claiming that there is apartheid and now the Israelis claiming that there's no apartheid and therefore we are even. No, it doesn't work like that. There is the Palestinians, the rest of the world except the complicits and the United Nations versus Israel and the complicits. Absolutely. That's how it works. Do you think this report will have a big impact? It seems the United Nations has never actually stated that Israel is an apartheid state. On popular level, I think it would have good uh, impact and it would, it would give the Palestinian struggle a momentum uh, and credibility. But we've seen in several cases in the past, Israel um, accuses um, reports like this of one-sidedness or sometimes uh, anti-Semitism. Um, am I wrong uh, to say, am I right to ask uh, if Richard Fork is a Jewish he, he, person? He, Richard Fork is a Jew, South African Jew. South African Jew, and therefore it's going to be a very hard argument to establish a, an accusation of anti-Semitism. Uh, the, the they will that, try. Of course, there's no question. And, and Israel doesn't care about the United Nations. And we've got to remember what the United Nations is. The United Nations is a... A properly constituted body of member states. Mm. It is funded by those member states. The biggest contributor to the United Nations is the United States. Mm. The United States chooses when it pays its bills and sometimes decides to pay very late and mm. then give a little bit less. Or to uh, stop making the payment, Correct. like when the Palestinians uh, joined the UNESCO. UNESCO in right. protest of that, uh, they stopped making their payments. Absolutely. So there's, uh, you know, the, the Congress passed a resolution that if um, uh, Palestine was to become a, a member state, that they wanted to defund the UN. Mm. So, mm. you know, the, the levels of pressure that that the um, Israel lobby can uh, afford uh, uh, apply to the United Nations to discount things like this. You remember the Goldstone Report, written by a Jewish guy, um, following uh, one of the Gaza slaughters, was categoric, categoric that crimes against humanity were mm. committed by the Israelis. But they all got watered down. And the reality is that nothing ever happened to it. You know, mm. nothing ever went forward. Now, what reports like this do is embolden and empower civil society. Mm. So people like us can share this with our like-minded friends, with uh, other advocates and say, here's another piece of documentation that you can sit in front of your mm. member of parliament. You could set, write a letter to the editor. You can uh, do a university lecture and talk to this. Or even so something as simple as copying the link and paste it in a Facebook discussion, sometimes with the pro and anti, uh, if, if this topic um, it, it is a very important, like you said, for the civil society, for the struggle, for on, on, on diplomatic level, on every level. And I think um, the time has come for the world to wake up and to call things with what their names are. Absolutely. The, the name of what Israel is doing to us is apartheid, and it is a crime, and it will no longer be endorsed by the world. Do, do you think America will have a few comments about this? We know that Benjamin Netanyahu well, will, but... They'll, they'll just ignore it. I want to ask they won't fan the flame if you will mm, I okay. want to ask about what else in the report that we want to share with, yeah. with our listeners so the report talks about the strategic fragmentation of the Palestinian people as a principal method by which Israel imposes an apartheid regime and, and it's got the, the separate laws and, and in fact it talks about four of them and since 1967 the Palestinians as a people have lived in what the report refers to as four domains in, in, and these are fragments of the Palestinian population, and they're treated differently 
but share in common racial oppression that results from the apartheid regime. They are civil law, with uh, special restrictions governing Palestinians who live as citizens of Israel, the permanent residency law governing Palestinians living in the city of Jerusalem, military law governing Palestinians, including those in refugee camps living since 1967 under conditions of belligerent occupation in the West Bank and Gaza, and a policy to preclude the return of Palestinian, whether refugees or exiles, living outside territory under Israel's control. Mm. The main one, 1.7 million Palestinians who are the current citizens of the State of Israel, 20% of the population. The main two is the 300,000 Palestinians in East Jerusalem. The main three is the uh, 6.6 million Palestinians who live in the occupied Palestinian territory, 4.7 of them in the West Bank and 1.9 in Gaza. And the main four is the Palestinians that are outside. The The remaining of the population. Involuntary exiles, you and I, Yusuf, Mm. our children, your brothers, my, my, my cousins and family. And the report says that these four domains constitute a comprehensive regime developed for the sole purpose of ensuring that in the enduring domination over non-Jews in all land exclusively under Israel control in whatever category. That's in, par- in parallel with that, they make the other domain for or, or access to worldwide jury to, to decide any time to make the uh, Aliyah, Aliyah yeah. the, to, to Israel and to be granted citizenship upon arrival. Well, this is what the basis of apartheid is. Remember, as we spoke about last week, it's an Afrikaans word that means separate. Mm. And we, we, the thing, we keep running the parallel. In South Africa, there was a fountain that said whites only, and there was a fountain mm. that said coloreds. There was a door that said whites only, a door that said coloreds, a bus that said whites only, a bus that said coloreds. Today, those doors, water fountains, and buses are determined on when you celebrate God. And if you are lucky enough to celebrate God on Saturday, you get the express lane, even the traffic lights, as we saw about last week, Yusuf. I mean, uh, we can ask them to shift the Friday prayer to Saturday if that (laughs) solves the problem. Well, these are separate systems, yeah? Separate Mm. systems. If you are a Palestinian in the West Bank, you are governed by military law. If you live in an illegal settlement based on the United Nations resolution of of last year, Mm. an illegal settlement on Palestinian land, and you do something wrong, you're administered by Israeli civil law, even though you're in a different country. That's apartheid. It's separate rules for separate people. Not to mention that when they say that we'll give civil rule to the Palestinians in Israel, that there are also other uh, hidden layers of uh, discrimination against them. And when they say that we give permanent residency to the people of Jerusalem, also there is a long list of discrimination and uh, difficulties that Jerusalemites only know. Oh, of course. So yeah. we can dig deep into every one of this and uh, unpack the un- injustices this, this, uh, this inside. What what this report does? I'm is gonna have I'm gonna have to uh, take a song, and we will continue okay. to uh, 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 we will continue our discussion after the break. The song we will definitely put the song for Khalto this week. It's by Sabah Fakhri, and this is for you, Mum. Yes, and it is uh, by Sabah Fakhri, the Aleppo Syrian uh, singer, and of course the song is Fog uh, Il Nakhal, which was born in Baghdad, and now we're going to listen to it by a Syrian, a song that all Arabs love. 
listening to Palestine, remembered on 855 AM, and we are discussing the uh, latest report by the United Nations, the Israeli practices towards the Palestinian people and the question of apartheid. It is no longer a question, it's a reality, it's a fact of uh, apartheid, Nasser. No, no question. And one of the things that we, uh, you know, we have to always remember is Israel craves normalcy. Israel wants to be France. Israel wants to be New Zealand. Israel wants to be... That's how it introduces itself. Yeah, we're just like a normal country. Yeah? Legitimate. Now, the reality of New Zealand, Canada, Australia, is these are also colonialist settler states that mm. robbed the indigenous people of their resources, of their land, and committed massacres mm. and horrendous acts of inhumanity to establish these supreme, supremacist so, uh, cultures and societies. Now, and speak on this point, one of the most absurd analogies the Israelis uh, are doing in Australia is to say that we, we the Israelis, are like the First Nation in Australia. Yeah, we, are, we are the First Nation of, of, of Palestine, and now we have a country, and uh, so we have this in common with the Aboriginal community in uh, Australia, which is absurd. Abs- it is not, there's no question that's absurd. But they are they are making this uh, argument anyway. Um, so when, when we when we put in that context of um, Israel craving normalcy, where where this report ends, and this is this is some of the strongest language we've seen out of the United Nations, and and really throws the gauntlet down to activists and civil society to really take that next step. And the report concludes that the weight of evidence supports beyond any reasonable doubt the proposition that Israel is guilty of imposing an apartheid regime on the Palestinian people. And it says that member states have a legal obligation to act within the limits of their capabilities to prevent and punish instances of apartheid that are respons- that responsibly brought to their attention. More specifically, states have a collective duty. A, not to recognise an apartheid regime as lawful. B, not to aid or assist a state in maintaining an apartheid regime. And C, to cooperate with the United Nations and other states in bringing apartheid regimes to an end. And that is the clearest call you'll ever get from the United Nations for a boycott, divestment and sanctions campaign, which is something that we are very, very pro and very strong on. And we'd urge all of our listeners to uh, adhere to. Because this is a vehicle uh, where uh, the um, audience and the on, on popular level, that's 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 what we can do. We, we will boycott any Israel-made uh, products, especially the the ones that are made in the settlements, and we will not accept the reality, and we will not let them get away with well, the thing, with, the thing with their got, crimes. Yes, we've got to remember that South Africa wasn't brought down because Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher changed their minds. You know, there are pictures in, in Margaret Thatcher's uh, um, uh, home before she died, you know, and in Ronald Reagan's home and in the White House before he died, of them shaking hands with F.W. de Klerk, yeah? Of course. So they, they were, these people were complicit in, in South Africa. They, were, they allowed, as we know, the Israelis uh, helped South Africa create a nuclear, a nuclear weapons. But yeah. South Africa, apartheid in South Africa was defeated thanks to the resistance in the first instance of the ANC, the African National Cong- Congress, but also from the... the, the international Solidarity International movement. Solidarity Movement. Mm. And they stood up and we boycotted the, the, the Springboks, the rugby uh, teams. We didn't do business with them. And, and slowly the people rose up. The mass mobilization was channeled through these boycott uh, efforts and divestment efforts. And they forced their representatives to start being accountable to what the humans wanted. 
the populace, their electorate. And it was it was those people that drove the change in agenda to the point where Ronald Reagan was confronted by the head of um, the, the Congress and said, you're going to go out and lose. Mm. Congress is against you, President Reagan. You need to make the decision and not be embarrassed by Congress. That's what took him to that. It is definitely a case of apartheid in Palestine. And we will put the link of the report on the podcast uh, uh, episode. And also you can look it up uh, now on your Google, uh, Israeli practices towards the Palestinian people and the question of apartheid, a UN report. Uh, now um, we're going to move to another uh, topic. Uh, our friend uh, Robert is uh, heading uh, to uh, the United States next week uh, to join the protest uh, against the APAC. Uh, tell me uh, more, uh, Robert, about your upcoming trip to the United States. Well, I went last year for uh, for the first time, and because I, I didn't know a lot about APAC, and I was bewildered. We should say what APAC is for those who don't know it. APAC's the American Israeli Public Affairs Committee, which is the lobby group, which is one of the the strongest lobby groups in America. Hmm. I was bewildered and surprised when I was walking around that nobody had actually heard of them, and the power that they swing in America using tax dollars and basically stealing money from America to to fund the apartheid state of Israel. And so I went over there because they have a three-day congress. Uh, we, we should just clarify what you mean by by stealing that money, uh, Rob, because currently there's something of the order of 20 or 30 million Americans on food stamps. So one in 10 American the, citizens currently doesn't have enough working money to feed themselves, yet the uh, American government sends of the order of 3 to 4 billion US every year to Israel. And that policy gets pushed through by congressmen and congresswomen who are supposed to be representing their constituents and yet are sending U.S. To a, foreign. to a foreign entity mm-hmm. who have been found guilty of spying on them, etc., and all that sort of stuff. Now, the, the lobby uh, creates the set of circumstances that that money is actually, in fact, you know, I'd argue, is stolen from the American uh, Absolutely, American it is, because the people don't know that it's going there. Mm. Um, and I think it's, what, $38 billion now that they've just the signed off on. Years, Obama, you know, this terrible, terrible friend of Israel signed off on $38 billion in, in the last months of his uh, administration. But nevertheless, they, they're not grateful. No. They don't like him. They'll ask him for 45 you know yeah, what? Yeah. The anti-Semite. <laughs> so you're going, uh, Robert, uh, in a few days, and uh, yeah, you're telling me about your uh, last year's president. So, yeah, so last year I walked around and I saw a lot of the, uh, the people participating in uh, the APAC convention. They had Donald Trump talking and they also had Hillary Clinton. And so there was a huge stir of you know, pro-people and anti-people. Um, of, uh, of the rally but I found it interesting talking to the, the APAC people and their stance on what they believe is right and that uh, you know they're doing everything they possibly can to make the Palestinians right there is a huge racial supremacist feeling hmm. of those people and they've stamped it as a, it's the most, three most important days a year for Israel's future and this is sort of how they coin the idea of what's going on in there. You're so, talking so, about the, these people were members of the Jewish community of America? or uh, They fly uh, them in from over 50 countries mm. in there, and they, um, it's free because the American government pays for a lot of it as well, which is uh, another... So, yeah, so, so the, the people you're talking about are actually um, attendees of the APAC. Attendees, and yeah. so they're, they're, whether they're students, whether they're professors, they're all different people trying to, I suppose, sing the same from the same hymn book. Mm. to start spruiking and doing all of those sorts of things. So I would have believed that this new UN 
uh, report will be on the high, you know, top of their agenda as well. And it will be condemned as another uh, anti-Semitic. Anti-Semitic. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's another reason I'll go there. There's an Israeli lobby in American policy forum done by the Washington Post, and they have some really, really fantastic speakers. They're going to have Alain Pape. They've got Hanan Ashwari, who's going to be there as well. Mm. And the opportunity to sort of spend time with them, uh, I found really eye-opening. Um, I'm going to spend some time with you know Max Blumenthal, who I want to ask some questions and get his life story on what's going on. You should also and speak. I, I, I know John Mearsheimer is going to be speaking as well, and he he and another professor, Walt, they wrote the um, uh, U.S. and the Israel lobby about probably twelve or thirteen years ago, and they oh, they, yeah. they exposed the big paper. That, that, yeah, it was a huge uh, and and a thoroughly um, research paper with all the right attributions, but they really exposed the power of the Israel lobby yeah. over U.S. foreign policy and, in fact, detailed how U.S. foreign policy has been hijacked by the Israel, uh, Israel lobby to the detriment, detriment of American interests. And that, well, that came out in a time that actually described in details the role of the Israeli lobby to drag America to the invasion of Iraq. That's right. And that uh, was uh, built on two premises. First, the weapons of mass uh, destruction, and B, the support of uh, Al-Qaeda, which both were proven uh, a lie. Yeah. And uh, so, um, uh, Robert... Uh, well, there's who, another man who, that... Who else is talking? There's another man I'm pretty keen to talk to, who, and it's something I hadn't heard about, which is the Palestine Papers which came out a few years ago. I'm sure Nasser and uh, Yusuf know a lot about it. Uh, and he also was instrumental in the last Al Jazeera four-part series to do with APAC. In the United States. In, in, in the UK. Yeah, in the UK. So I thought that'll be interesting as well. Last statement, Robert. Do you want to say something before we close this? Because we're heading towards the end of the show. Robert. I'll have a lot of stories and uh, information we'll, when I come back. Yes, we will de- we'll so. definitely be looking forward to talking to you, uh, to hearing your reflections about uh, your participation in the anti-APAC meeting. Uh, and I also want to bring a whole lot of interviews back yeah, too. So from we'll look forward to hearing from people. those people. And just before we go, um, tomorrow night is our Olive Kids uh, annual gala. I'm, I'm really pr- pleased to announce that we're sold out. Another 400 people coming tomorrow night. Well to, done. Uh, well done, uh, all the best. Another another successful year. Yeah, fantastic. So with this, we've come to the end of Palestine. Remembered uh, this week, uh, we will be with you next Saturday. Uh, Nasser and myself will be with you next Saturday. Uh, my uh, our friends, uh, our friend, international uh, correspondent, our international <laughs> correspondent will be busy uh, collecting interviews from the United States uh, and frequent flyer points while we're here. In and uh, <laughs> lot of stuff, lot of stuff. So until we meet next Saturday, have a great time and salam.